Welcome back to another edition of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast, hosted by the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. Uh, once again, we are live on YouTube again this week. Hopefully, uh, the technical difficulties and the uh, background noise from last week uh, are are fixed this week. We did a we did some uh, a little bit of cleaning up on our ends to get some uh, get some better better podcast out to you guys this week. Um, so last week we kind of spent talking about, or the last two weeks kind of spent working through, you know, some dynasty buys and some dynasty sells, some people we were fading, things like that. Uh, and then, you know, Brant and I, we, we sat down and we talked and we've got about a month from now until, um, the NFL free agency opens. So we thought what better way, uh, than this week to play the carousel game, if you will talk about some guys that we want to see where we want to see them go for good fantasy values and where we think they'll go. Uh, and then the next couple of weeks, we're going to dive division by division uh, and just kind of look at what some fantasy needs may be and, and some free agency needs and, and how those needs may impact um, fantasy relevancy for next year. Um, Brant, do you have anything you want to say before we jump right into this? No, just, you know, over the next couple of weeks, like you said, we're going to really hit on our free agency. We're going to fade the rookies just a little bit. And then as soon as free agency opens up, we're going to get back into our rookies. Uh, we're going to get some mock drafts in. If anybody's interested in doing mock drafts with us, reach out to us on the, on the Fantasy Holic Messenger. Reach out to us on the Fat Boys Dynasty Facebook page. Reach out to us, and, and if we have one, we'll definitely get a, get a hold of you and get you guys involved. We want to do uh, some live mock drafts uh, before and after uh, the rookies, actually the rookie draft is. So uh, definitely get out, get, a, get out and reach out to us, and uh, we'll definitely love to uh, have some interaction with you guys. Yeah, absolutely, Brandon. That's and you know anybody who does anything like what we do with podcasts knows that it's the engagement of of all you listeners that make the make the wheels spin. So, um, you know, we got some feedback last week on some things that we already knew we needed to fix, and here we are, hopefully fixing them. So, uh, definitely interested in and again having you guys join us in mock drafts and uh, you know things like that. Uh, we we even talked about doing um, uh, an, uh, an actual. Um, league potentially with some of you guys um you know that joined us pretty regularly during the season on sunday morning start sits last week and and things like that too so if that's something you're interested in you know off season's a time when things like that get built so uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us so without further ado let's jump into these these free agents brant and let's start at the quarterback position um and i and i kind of want to talk about the one that i think is the most intriguing the most intriguing big name in my opinion um, that's guaranteed to be out there not playing for the team he played for last year. And that's Derek Carr. Um, you know, the, the Raiders were trying to work through some kind of a trade, and it sounded like they had something in place um, with the New Orleans Saints for him to be dealt there. And then he came out, uh, what was it, yesterday morning or the day before, mm-hmm. um, and said uh, that, you know, he's he's not, absolutely not going to um, uh, wait or waive his no trade rights to go to the Saints. Uh, and a lot of this probably has to do with, you know, I don't if I was Derek Carr, I wouldn't want to stay in the AFC West and be overshadowed by a two time MVP, two time Super Bowl champ, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Again, congratulations to the to the uh, Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we skirted right around that this morning talking about uh, these free agents. But, uh, you know, so Derek Carr, I think he's 100 percent gone um, from from that conference, at least or that division, at least. Um, you know, I think the likely landing spot for Derek Carr, at least for me, I think it, it, it really just goes out and, and it kind of falls into what they've done year after year. And I know they're in a spot where they could draft one this year, but it would not shock me at all to see Derek Carr end up in Indianapolis with the Colts. 
they've tried this, uh, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure method with quarterbacks for the last several years, basically since Andrew Luck's been there. Um, but with Derek Carr, he's still relatively young. I mean, he's not Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan old. You know, he could go there and be successful for three or four years. And, you know, with, the, with as good as their defense is, their offensive line's been good in the past. They've got a pretty good receiving core, uh, very solid run game. It wouldn't shock me at all to see them be, you know, one quarterback away from being a perennial playoff team. Um, so, again, I, I know they have that top number four pick in the draft. Uh, but if they're not just blown away by, you know, C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, because I, I believe in my heart of hearts that Bryce Young is going prior to their pick unless they trade up. Um, I could see Derek Carr being the answer for them. However, where I think or where I want to see Derek Carr go, Brand, I want to see Derek Carr go to Tennessee if they end up letting Ryan Tannehill leave. I think um, Derek Carr would be amazing for uh, Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, um, you know, the tight end, that young tight end there that I, I said I was going to learn his name by the end of the offseason, but it's not the end of the offseason yet, so I got time. Um, but I think Derek Carr would be a huge upgrade in Tennessee. I think, you know, obviously Derek Henry is getting up there in, in age. Uh, there's only a few a few years left on the windows of him being a productive back, uh, and I think they have to take advantage of that if if uh, uh, they're going to win anything uh, meaningful while while Derrick Henry's in town. A guy like Derek Carr could come in and really give them that boost. Yeah, uh, with with Derek Carr, I, I think Indy's probably uh, one of the best landing spots for him too. Like you said, they're already built to win. They have good young receiving core. They got a great offensive line. They got an amazing running back. They got a top tier defense that was banged up a lot this year, but I think Indy is a great spot for him. He could feed off of Jonathan Taylor and that rolls right into, like you said, with Tennessee, they're, they're built also, um, you know, young enough, but they're still built enough to, uh, compete for most, uh, uh, in most games, uh, even with Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis there, they were competing in almost every game. Um, so yeah, I, those those are two of the best spots. Uh, another one that I, I I think that that's very possible is the New Orleans Saints. Is he goes down to New Orleans? Um, they've already met with him twice. Um, maybe they've already have something you know kind of written and not written in stone, but kind of uh, jotted on a leaf in case they got to tear it up for tampering reasons uh, for him. Um, you know, contract wise, because I know they're in cap hell right now, uh, waiting to get rid of uh, possibly Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and all them for, for cap cuts. But those are the three places that I expect to see one of those places where I expect to see Derek Carr at. Um, and, and all three of those teams are really built to win. Um, so yeah, I, I expect Derek Carr to be on the move and I expect him to honestly be on the move very, very quickly. Um, because I think it's got to be February 15th, he has to be cut by or they're going to mm -hmm. have to pay him. Um, the only other thing I could see is Vegas just going, well, I guess we're just going to hold on to you and, uh, make you disgruntled all next year since you wanted to do that to us, but I don't think they're going to want all that cap salary. Cause I think it's, I think it's a pretty good chunk of it. So, um, I expect, I expect him to be out the door. And, and like you said, like you and I said, I think it's Indy, Tennessee or New Orleans are the three best teams for him. Yeah, the New Orleans one would be very intriguing to see what they would have to do to get something done. That's why I think the trade spot made sense because they would have had to move some of those higher piece uh, assets back to Vegas potentially in order to get under the salary cap. I'm not sure how they make it work um, with their salary cap, but that's something you and I will talk about over the course of the next several weeks mm -hmm. when we start diving into that. But it would be a great landing spot for him with Chris Olave and you know all those names that are there. So I definitely uh, agree with with the New Orleans as well on him. Okay. Um, let's talk about another big name that's uh, that, that's already out there and uh, has been talked about being tagged and everything else. And that's Lamar Jackson. Um, with Lamar Jackson, I expect him to be tagged. 
Um, and I don't see a trade being made from Baltimore. Um, I don't see anyone wanting to pay the price for, for uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, I know they want a lot for him. They want multiple first round picks. And I don't see a whole lot of teams wanting to pay that price, especially when you had a guy that missed the last six, seven games of it in crunch time with his team, you know, even in the playoffs, I think he missed that game there. And, and do you want that on your team? Um, I don't, I don't know. And he wants all that guaranteed money. So I don't know if any, any team wants to, uh, really pay for that. Um, so that's going to be a tough one there with Lamar. Um, I, Atlanta is a, uh, a team that I could see going after him, but once again, I don't, I don't think they want to pay that. Uh, he, Bo had to step away for a minute to try to keep the noise down for us. Um, but yeah, as for Lamar Jackson, I expect him to stay in, in Baltimore. It'll be a disgruntled season. Um, another run first team. Um, does he play? Does he sit out? I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, so, uh, Atlanta is really the only one that I could see being in competition for him. Uh, Bo, I was just telling them all, I think Atlanta might be the only place that, that may be in competition, but I don't see you guys spending that guaranteed money on him. And I, and for your sake and my sake, I really hope not because that in my mind brings down Drake London and, and uh, Kyle Pitts just because I'm not, I'm not thrilled with his passing. Um, well, Kyle Pitts may become an automatic, you know, top one tight end here because he does love to throw to the tight end. But yeah, I just I think Lamar just has a disgruntled year there in Baltimore. So here here's the problem is that um, you know I, I like you alluded to, Brand. You're if you're a team wanting to acquire Lamar Jackson, you're going to have to give up multiple first round draft picks or multiple draft picks and young players that Baltimore likes, all to just have to pay Lamar Jackson to be the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. He wants more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson. Um, does Lamar Jackson deserve that? Probably. He he doesn't have the legal issues. He he has been playing football. He hasn't had time off. Um, whatever. I just don't see a team, um, especially not Atlanta, especially not when you have the owner coming out, you know, giving kudos to, to Desmond Ritter. I don't I don't see Atlanta going out and doing that, especially after how sloppy it was in their pursuit of Deshaun Watson last year. Um, how that kind of tattered relationships with Matt Ryan, who's a franchise great for Atlanta. Uh, I just think that they they probably learned their lesson with that last year. I think they'll, you know, sit out on that this year. So, um, but with Lamar Jackson, I, I'm I'm on the 100% agreeance with you, Brant, and I, I think he ends up back in Baltimore. However, I think they end up getting somewhat similar of a deal done to make him um, the highest paid quarterback out there. It sounds like they're you know there's rumors they're 100 million dollars apart, whatever. Um, it only takes one good offer to get that that fixed, and it sounds like they're still having that dialogue there. Um, but you know what I what I kind of wrote down with Lamar Jackson when it, when you talk about him is, um, no no matter where Lamar Jackson goes for fantasy, it's going to be great for him. Um, you know, you and I are, are kind of been you know avid anti Lamar Jackson quarterback um, uh, haters, I guess is the best word for it since since he really came into the league and since you and I started doing podcasts what three years four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I'm, I, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm not changing my tune on Lamar. Um, you know, I, you know, I was thinking about it this, this morning when we were, we were talking about what we were doing with this and it's like, what would Lamar's numbers look like if you took him and moved him to Las Vegas uh, where they're, they're going to be needing a quarterback next year? Well, I think um, obviously Lamar Jackson as a whole would be better than what he's been in Baltimore. He'd have much better weapons across the board with Hunter Renfro, you know, Devonte Adams and Darren Waller, who's, really not that much of a downgrade from Mark Andrews. It is a downgrade, but not much. 
Um, I, but the problem is I think all three of those guys would take massive hits uh, in their fantasy production just because Derek Carr is a, a much more prolific passer uh, than Lamar. So, again, with Lamar, I think wherever he goes, if you own him in a super flex or a regular dynasty one quarterback, you're not going to be upset wherever he ends up. You're just not. Um, because the, the wide receiving core, and you know, Brand, no offense to you, I know you're obsessed with Rashad Bateman, um, but their wide receiver core can't be any worse than what it is in Baltimore, wherever he were, were to end up. Um, but with that being said, anywhere he goes, you may be upset if you're one of the guys that owns one of the wide receivers that he on his new team. Like you mentioned, if he did come to Atlanta, um, I own Kyle or I own Kyle Pitts in a few dynasty leagues and I own Drake London in every dynasty league on accident. I do not, you know, I don't like I like to spread the wealth. I don't want to own all of one player. Um, but with that being said, I don't think I'd be really enthused with, you know, uh, Drake London's value moving forward if that were the case. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit a, a two quarterbacks here and kind of one setting, and that's uh, Geno Smith. I expect him to stay in Seattle um, as a mentor to a young quarterback. But, and this is my but, I don't know if it's the answer Seattle keeps saying he might be. I think the answer is in free agency, and I think that answer is Jimmy Garoppolo. I would love to see Jimmy G come into Seattle and push Gino either to a higher limit or even take over that starting job. Gino has been great with great running backs. Um, I think, I think Gino could really open up um, the Seattle pass attack. And I think he could really do big things with um, I'm sorry, Jimmy could really do big things there in Seattle. Um, so I, I really think Jimmy G going to Seattle would be, is my ideal spot. I would like to see him push Gino. Um, so that's going to be something interesting. I know that Seattle was in talks kind of with San Fran because training in conference is kind of stupid, especially when it comes down to a quarterback. Um, but yeah, I would like to see Jimmy G either in Seattle or Indianapolis would be two great places for him. But as for Gino, I think Gino is going to resign in Seattle. I think he's going to stay there as a mentor. I think Seattle's going to use, they have, I think it was five top 75 picks. I expect one of those to be a quarterback, and I don't expect Seattle to actually go out and sign a quarterback outside of Geno. But if they do, I'm hoping it's Jimmy G because I just think he fits there so much. Yeah, you know, sp especially um, Jimmy G, but not so much necessarily Geno. I think G Geno's going back to Seattle. It sounds like he's he's on record saying he wants it to happen. Seattle's on record saying they want it to happen. We'll see if the financial uh numbers work out for that to be um a, a pair moving forward but you know jimmy g i think jimmy g is really like the last name outside of the top two quarterback series like the number three guy in my opinion um when you talk about Derek carr and lamar jackson now if aaron Rodgers happens to be on the market whether it be through a free agency or trade obviously he'd leapfrog but jimmy g is the type of guy who um you know, he walks into a quarterback needy team that's got all the other pieces put around them uh, and they're a title contender. Um, had he have not gotten hurt uh, and the Brock Purdy saga continued, I think you, it would have been a slam dunk for Jimmy G to get re-signed on a long-term deal on San Fran. But, you know, the, right, right it off at this point, you know, San Fran's not going to pay all what they did for uh, Trey Lance and then have Brock Purdy as a backup and not let those two go into camp as, as the contenders for that job. So I do think Jimmy G goes elsewhere. And I think he's going to be one of the last dominoes to fall before you start seeing guys like who I have written down Baker Mayfield um, start getting um, a chance. So when you talk about a guy like Baker, who has been like an emotional roller coaster in his career, there's been extreme highs and extreme lows. Um, 
you know, where other quarterbacks or other wide receivers' dads are coming out talking about the reason their son's production's bad is because of Baker. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Baker looked uh, – or let me rephrase that. Baker had his moments in, in Los Angeles um, with Sean McVay when that when that Rams team was really reeling uh, and struggling all season. I, I, I'd almost say that, you know, gr- granted there was an injury there, but Baker probably looked a little better – in his time in uh, Los Angeles than Matthew Stafford did last year. Um, Again, and that was with no Allen Robinson and with no um, Cooper Cup for Baker either. But if Baker, Baker's, uh, I think, uh, is going to be the quarterback that if he signs early, he's going someplace as a backup. I mean, it is what it is. He's, He's not done enough. But if Baker sticks around and waits out, and you see this quarterback carousel move around and all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, our team's good, but now there's no quarterbacks left for us and we're not in a spot to draft one. Insert Baker Mayfield as a stopgap guy. Um, And I wrote down the spot that I think Baker would be great at and that I'd love to see him play. Um, And a lot of people may disagree with this take, you included, Bram, but I would love to see Baker in Las Vegas. Um, You know, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, those guys we mentioned earlier, a pretty good run game already in place. Um, you, you put Baker in an established place like that, where let's be honest, Josh McDaniel, um, may not be a great head coach. And, uh, you know, we, he did get his, he is going to, we're at least going to see him start the season next year as a Raiders head coach, but he is a quarterback guru, um, and could be the perfect guy to fix, um, Baker Mayfield, if you will. So Baker Mayfield, I would love to see in, in Las Vegas. Yeah. Vegas, I think it's a good spot for him. I, um, I expect Baker to go somewhere to compete for a starting job. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him stay in Los Angeles to compete with Matthew Stafford as he comes back and, and have a nice little one-two punch there with those two. Um, Vegas makes a lot of sense. Um, prior to um, Seattle getting so close to Geno, I would have said uh, Seattle would have been in contention for him. Uh, Baker's a guy that I may see uh, that I kind of see going to uh, either Miami with the Tua issues, who's still not technically cleared from concussions and so many concussions last year and, and, you know, be a backup for Tua because, you know, he steps into an amazing offense with Tyreek and, and I know Gasecki's a free agent, but that's a guy that I see staying there in Miami, but with Tyreek and Waddle and whatever running back they add, because I feel like they're going to, I, I feel like that's a great established offense for Baker to back up Tua. But I think Baker ends up in Houston. Um, they they need a quarterback. They have Davis Mills there as a great, he's done, you know, been serviceable. Um, I don't know if Houston actually spends, you know, their number two pick on a quarterback this year. I know it would be the smart thing to do. And even if they do, I still think Baker may be there to try to push that rookie just a little bit more. I like Baker in Houston, either a, to be the starter to start the season or to push that rookie a little bit more. Um, into being, you know, into being that franchise quarterback. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of see Baker as, as either Miami or Houston as, as two of the best landing spots for him and where I honestly believe he's going to end up. Yeah. Another one, Brant, that I didn't even think about until after you started talking about Tua is Arizona. Um, you know, with, with Kyler, they're saying Kyler probably won't be back to start the season. So they may need a guy to, to start that season off there in Arizona and, and, you know, Hey, insert a guy like Baker Mayfield who, Hey, listen, dude, you're going to be the guy until uh, Kyler Murray's back healthy, whatever. Maybe Baker comes in there and looks good. They Then they have a valuable trade chip, or maybe they don't want to turn it back over to Kyler. Maybe the new head coach that comes in doesn't want Kyler as their guy. Um, who knows? So it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out there, but that's another good landing spot. 
Let's jump on into these running backs, Brant. Hang on, I got uh, I got one more quarterback yeah. I wanted to bring up, and and that's Danny Dimes. Uh, Daniel Jones is a, is technically a free agent. This guy I'm going to talk about real short. I think he re-signs with New York. He took them to the playoffs this year. I think he's on a one-year prove-it deal. I just wanted to make sure we got his name out there. That you know, keep an eye out for him because if if New York does let him go, this is a guy that could end up in in Indy or in uh um. Tennessee or even in Vegas as you know a one or two year option and, and really I think he he can help out those teams a lot um we saw him um, improve so much under under uh that new coaching staff in New York so I expect him to actually stay there because I don't think New York's going to be high enough to get a quarterback but Daniel Jones is another guy that is out there yeah Brian Dable is not letting Daniel Daniel Jones go anywhere Danny Dimes will be in a New York Giants uniform next year um, I think he did way too well down the stretch for them to let him let him scoot. So uh, definitely look forward to seeing him back there and, and build, continuing to build on what he did with Brian Dable yep. this year. All right, so now we move into the running yes, backs. Yes. Um, so let's just start off with the big one that Daniel Jones's teammate there, Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Um, this this guy is another one you talk about Baker, where you talk about um, highs and lows of a career. This guy, you know, at least in the last ten years, the high, most highly touted running back. Um, in a dynasty draft, especially rookie draft that you could, you could come after maybe, I mean, even, even more so than, you know, Bajan Robinson is this year and this year's draft class. Um, but Saquon Barkley came into the league, set the league on fires rookie year with Eli Manning, then kind of tapered off, had some injury issues, uh, and then was able to stay healthy again this year. And, and, you know, was back to where he belonged as, as an RB one. Um, I think this guy's the type of guy who's going to get pretty good money for a, for a veteran running back um, coming off of his rookie deal. Um, I, I think it's most likely that he, he stays in New York. I think Brian Dable is going to want to run it back, see if they can add some pieces around some of those core guys on offense and, and see where they end up next year. But if I could pick a landing spot for Saquon, and if I think if Saquon could pick a landing spot for him, uh, Chicago would be the spot that, you know, there was that interview where uh, they talked about, you know, you know, what would you, where would you like to go? Whatever. And Chicago got mentioned cause he loved Walter Payton and he'd, he'd pick a number in the thirties and you know, all this, that, and the other. But uh, it, I, I just think a two headed monster of Saquon Barkley and Justin Fields with an RPO option would just be electric to watch. Um, it'd give those Chicago bears fans something to be excited about when they finish three and three and four and 14 next year. Uh, so, you know, Saquon to the Chicago would be a lot of fun um, for both fantasy and viewing pleasures. Buffalo is where I want to see him go. I want to see him be a, I want to see him be a bill. I want to see him uh, get that backfield takeover. I don't believe he will be in Buffalo. I think that price tag is going to be too high. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I would love to see him there. Um, but I expect, like you said, I expect him to stay in New York also. Uh, but Buffalo is my ideal where I would love to see him. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I think he stays in New York. Um, let's let's bring up another guy that I, I, I think is a, a highly touted after, especially after his year this year. It's a guy that you've, you've loved for the last few years. That's Josh Jacobs. Um, I think he's out in uh, out of Vegas. I don't think they re-sign him. I think they like Zamir White and what they have there um, with that, and I think they're going to have to focus on really replacing that quarterback. Um, so in my mind is if Barkley leaves, I think Jacobs is a guy that could go fill that role in New York. Um, the other two spots that I absolutely love him is Buffalo and Chicago, which is kind of funny. Those, you know, the two where we said Barkley, well, Jacobs fits the same type of scheme there. You know, the RPO, he he can catch the ball to the backfield. He has no problem toting the ball 20 times a game. 
Um, so yeah, I would love to see Jacobs there in Buffalo or Chicago. And like I said, if Barkley's out, I think he, I think New York's another spot for him. Yeah. Jacobs, Jacobs is an intriguing one to me because he's been pretty good his entire time in the league. Um, and he's still relatively young. I think going into his second year um, in the league, he was a year or he was like three months younger than Clyde Edwards Elaire was when Clyde Edwards Elaire like skyrocketed up people's boards um, when the Kansas City Chiefs took him at the tail end of, of the, the NFL draft that year. Um, so with Josh Jacobs still being young, still being as good as he was last year, I wouldn't be shocked to see Vegas come out and like potentially franchise tag him uh, and keep him in in Vegas for an additional year, especially if they have some kind of a plan in place to get a you know, an Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that in town, you're not going to want to turn the reins over to Zamir White with Aaron Rodgers. Um, if you're go going all in on a guy like that, you're going to bring Josh Jacobs back. But if they happen to let him go, Josh Jacobs is the type of guy that I would absolutely love to see go to a Miami or a Houston. Um, I know, you know, everybody is, is especially with what Damian Pierce did. But what about Damian Pierce last year? He was fantastic. He was. Um, I was late to get on board with that. You're right. Uh, but as good as Damian Pierce was last year, he's not as talented as Josh Jacobs. Uh, and Josh Jacobs would be much better in Houston than Damian Pierce. Um, so if if that if if Josh Jacobs does get out personally, I'd love to see him in Houston or Miami Brand. Yeah, Jacobs is only 25 years old as you were talking about his age. I did go pull that up real fast. Yeah, he's only 25 years old as of today. So um yeah, he's, he's gonna he's gonna get a nice size size contract somewhere, and I think Houston may be the best place to give him the money and the extension that he deserves. Um, Absolutely. So let's go into a, a guy that I like to see in Houston, and uh, I know he's on on your board as well. Um, and I think he's one guy that you and me have loved to watch play whenever he gets a chance. That's Alexander Madison. Um, uh, we talked about it pre-show and. Uh, the fact that cook may be a, a camp cut or, or later. So they may try to keep Alexander Madison on a cheaper deal. Um, so Madison could end up staying in, uh, in Minnesota. Um, my, my three best landing spots for him. And it's just the way he plays is Houston, Kansas city, or Miami. I just think he fits those systems the best. He's an outside runner. He's a good guy to grind. Um, he can catch the ball very, very well. So he's, he's a guy that could, he goes into Houston, he pushes Pierce to either be better or he passes Pierce. He goes into Miami and he's almost the instant one because Mostert and Jeff Wilson are both free agents. And, uh, so yeah, they both, uh, they both have to, uh, step, uh, step away from that team. And, and I expect uh, them to go after a running back and I'd like to see Madison there. Yeah, so you talk about Alexander Madison, and you brought up a good, the good point already that we talked about backstage. I think Alexander Madison probably ends up um, staying in Minnesota potentially. Um, you know, if Dalvin Cook ends up being a camp cut or, um, you know, um, whatever the case may be there, they may just end up talking him into staying and saying you'll get more of a, you know, a, a bigger role. Maybe it'll look something like Zeke and Tony Pollard next year. Um, but if I had to pick a landing spot for Alexander Madison, um, my goodness, I'm not sure I could draw up anything better for Alexander Madison than the Cincinnati uh, Bengals. Um, you know, there's there's the you know the litigations concerns with Joe Mixon, Samaje P. Ryan's up there in age. If Alexander Madison could end up um, in a spot like Cincinnati, where again they're not going to you know turn it over to you know um, what is it Chris Evans there. Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're going to want somebody who's predominant um, and 
listen, I'm not sure you could go out and pick a better replacement for for a guy like Joe Mixon if they end up cutting him than a guy like Alexander Madison, who, um, again, is still young, who is still showing that he's he could be elite um, when Dalvin Cook has missed time. I think you put a guy like Alexander Madison in, in Cincinnati and they don't miss a beat moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Since he could be a good spot, uh, that's that's all pending on on Mixon's uh, uh, go around there. Um, so the last one I have on my list. Um, sorry, I had to step away and take that phone call real fast. I wasn't expecting that till later. Um, the next one on my list is is David Montgomery. Um, I think that uh, Chicago was was good to him, but I think they're ready to turn the reins over to Cleo Herbert or add another veteran back. And Monty, in my mind, I think he goes down to uh, Atlanta. I like him there. He's a uh, ground and pound type guy, uh, the guy that, you know, Derrick Henry was when he was in Tennessee. Now, I'm not saying he's as good as Derrick Henry, not by any means, but he's a guy that can get the job done down there in Atlanta. We saw Algier handle it last year. I know Atlanta would, might be in and out with, you know, is Algier the guy? Is he not? I know you guys are young. Monty's a guy that I could see going into there. I, wherever Monty goes, I really think he pushes to be a starter. So Miami, Atlanta, somewhere that that's, doesn't have a solidified number one running back um, is where I expect Monty to end up. And I think it'd be a good fit for him in most places. Yeah, Tyler Algier, uh, you know, I would have said for several weeks um, that it would be, wouldn't shock me to see Atlanta replace him. But what what he ended up doing on the at the end of the season, you know, he was right there with Kenneth Walker with rushing numbers, his yards per carry, all the things. Um, and Atlanta had one of the most successful rushing attacks um, in the in the National Football League last year. I, I I think with Atlanta having so many pressing areas of concern on defense, um, I, they do have the second most cap space in football, so that does change some things too. But um, I'm not sure you see them spending on a, on a running back when they're still going to have Cordero Patterson on the roster. Um, they're still going to have um, Caleb Huntley on the roster, a guy that Atlanta was extremely infatuated with uh, until he went down to injury. Avery Williams will still be on the roster uh, and Tyler Algier. So I'm not sure that you see them go out and add another back. Um, however, if it was a guy as high, high profile as, as David Montgomery, you would expect they're signing him to be the starter. Um, so it would make a fair amount of sense. But uh, with David Montgomery, for me, I, I really think what David Montgomery is going to be is he's going to be one of those domino guys. Um, so, you know, as the as the pieces start falling on the puzzle and, and guys like Saquon and, and Josh Jacobs um, start signing their contracts and going places, you could see him potentially uh, pivoting and falling into one of those spots. Um where those guys aren't going. Um, I could see him at a really a spot I could see um, that makes a lot of sense, honestly. But again, it's a new coaching regime. It could change things. Uh, would be Arizona. He, he could do a lot of things very similarly to James Conner, um, just a little bit slightly younger and probably a little cheaper than what, what they had Conner at in Arizona. Um, but as far as David Montgomery goes, he he's very similar to um, kind of what I said with Jimmy G in the quarterback realm. He's just outside of that uh, that top piece. And uh, a lot of these um, running backs, I think, are going to be dependent on the NFL draft because they are, um, you know, pretty good running backs coming out this year. And Jameer Gibbs and and Bijan Robinson and Sean Tucker and, you know, Zach Charbonnet. So uh, a guy like David Montgomery, we may wait on several weeks before we know where he's going. So it'll just be one to pay attention to, especially if you're a DeMont owner in uh in in uh, dynasty leagues so uh just wanted to be patient with um let's since you got your last one out let's go ahead and move into the wide receiver position and what i want to say about this before we really dive into it too deep brant is 
there's really not any difference makers in this pool this year. Uh, it's There's really just not a whole lot of uh, star power in these free agent moves or these free agent wide receivers. Um, I don't expect any of these guys to go in and make a huge difference uh, in, in the teams. I don't expect them to go in and take a bunch of targets away from number ones. Uh, these guys are all just a bunch of number twos. They may make your quarterback a little fantasy quarterback a little bit more um, viable. And maybe you own these guys uh, and they go to a situation where they're a little bit more viable. But let's get it started right off the bat. I want to talk about the best one, in my opinion, which is Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Super Bowl champ with the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Um I think his his most likely spot, Brant, is that he ends up right back in Kansas City. Um, one, you win a Super Bowl with a team, and you play with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you get a, you get a taste for something like that. You want to do it again. Um, and, and largely in part because Juju didn't do anything this year to go out and get paid by anybody else. So if he's going to get a small a small money deal from Kansas City and a small money deal from a team like Houston, which one are you going to pick? The one where you're going to be successful or the one where you're not? Um so I, I think he does come back to um, Kansas City and, and tries to carve out a better role for himself moving forward and then maybe get the bag because he is still pretty young. Um, but if I could pick a spot for Juju to go to that's not Kansas City, Buffalo's the spot for me, man. I mean, Buffalo, um, they've they've tried out this this gambit of wide receivers at the, to fill out that number two opposite of Stephon Diggs and Isaiah McKenzie, um, Gabe Davis, Cole Beasley, all these different names. Uh, and they've all had their moment in the sun, but none of them have really clang, clinged on and claimed that role as their own, um, if you will. So I, I could see a guy like Juju coming in, stepping in, being that number two uh, opposite of F. Stephon Diggs, kind of similarly to the way he was with Antonio Brown when they were both still in Pittsburgh together. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you there with with Juju. There's not a whole lot that he's done this year to go out and get the bag. Um, as for the wide receivers in this free agency, this is why all the wide receivers went out and got their bag last year because that's where the big class was. Um, Juju, I think he stays in Kansas City. I think he's really enjoying himself there. He's really enjoying himself with Patrick Mahomes. He has probably the best quarterback he's ever played with there and could possibly be the best quarterback he ever will play with. Um, cause I don't expect anybody anytime soon coming out to uh, take that over. Um, so yeah, I think Juju stays right there in Kansas city. Uh, Buffalo would be a great landing spot as a number two. Um, that's, that's really probably the best other spot for him anywhere else. He's going to be a number one. Maybe he can go to the Raiders, but I, I don't see that being a very good spot for him. So yeah, I think Kansas city makes the most sense. Um, one of my favorite guys out of these uh, wide receivers is um, a guy that I've, I've been infatuated with for the last couple of years, and that's Jacoby Myers. Um, he's out the door in New England. Um, I don't expect New England to re-sign him. They, uh, I mean, they haven't invested a whole lot in him. They've invested in trying to find a wide receiver outside of him. Um, so, But I expect Jacoby Myers to go somewhere and compete for that number two role and possibly compete for the number one role as he has shown flashes of being able to be a number one target. Uh, Houston is is by far my favorite landing spot for him. Um, I think that you know it'd be good to have that young wide receiver, a guy that's been in the league a few years, help mentor the younger younger wide receivers there. I expect Brandon Cooks to be out the door probably in a trade or a cut. So that wide receiver one's wide open. Um, I know uh, uh, Nico Nico Collins has done a, a, enough to really you know solidify himself to stay on the field, but I don't know if he's the number one in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, Jacoby Myers is a guy that I definitely um, 
could see going to Houston or even going to Buffalo to compete for that number two role and try out another, you know, be a slew of, of the wide receiver carousel they've had going on there as their number two. I expect Jacoby to go in and make an impact somewhere. And he's a great target for most quarterbacks. He's a great safety blanket. Um, he started to find the end zone last year, which was great to see because I know he did go uh, almost a year and a half without finding the end zone. So, but Jacoby's a guy that I really like moving on uh, this year. And like I said, I think Houston's the best spot for him. Yeah, I, I know uh, with you, uh, you've held on to Jacoby his entire time in the league in our dynasty, our, our home homegrown league here. Um, but Jacoby goes to some place like you brought up Buffalo, and that just makes a ton of sense. Not only does he get to compete uh, with a huge quarterback upgrade in Josh Allen, but he also gets to go play and rub Bill Belichick's nose and what he's able to do. Uh, twice a year if he stays in division and goes someplace like Buffalo. But uh, Houston's another one that makes a ton of sense uh, for a guy like Jacoby. Um, I've got two other wide receivers written down here, Brant, and I'm just going to hit them both at the same time because, honestly, their landing spots where I think these guys end up makes a ton of sense for Jacoby too, so I'm going to throw them all in there in one, in one lump. That's uh, DJ Chark and Alan Lazard. Um, I don't expect either of these guys to stay where they're at in the NFC North and the Lions or the Packers, respectively. Uh, I think that the two most prestigious landing spots that these guys could go to is the Chargers or the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the, the Chargers, there's some talk about Keenan Allen being cut there, which is is mind-boggling. Um, but if you add a guy like DJ Shark or Allen Lazard to um, either Dallas or Los Angeles, they're going to walk in the door immediately competing for that number two spot. Um, and let's be honest, um, I, even as big of a Michael Gallup fan as I have been in, in – uh, Dallas, he's not done nearly enough to be the number two. I mean, especially not when uh, T.Y. Hilton signs off the street <laughs> and is a bigger role down the stretch than than Michael Gallup is. Um, so I, I think you see a guy like Alan Lazard in Dallas, uh, you know, takes a lot of pressure off C.D. Lamb, gives Dak another big body target to throw to. Uh, it just makes a ton of sense. And I think that's the, the, the problem with this wide receiver class, the, the free agent wide receiver class for me, Brant, is that there's only so many good landing spots where guys of this caliber can go in and make a fantasy relevant difference. Uh, and and for me, really, it's it's Los Angeles, it's Dallas, and potentially Houston, um, where these guys could step in and be like, "Yep, okay, that guy has some fantasy relevancy." Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, I, I even lumped Jacoby Myers into that because Jacoby is talented. Um, but if he doesn't go to a spot where he's going to have an opportunity to put that talent on display, um, it really doesn't do any good. Yeah, Lazard, Lazard to Dallas makes the most sense to me. DJ Chark to New England makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know how I really feel about that fantasy-wise, but this is a guy that, that was a number one wide receiver down at Jacksonville. So he's, you know, he's been around the league for a little bit. And we know Bill Achek likes to, you know take some of the older guys and see what he can do with them. So DJ Chark to new England could be a, a decent little fit there. Um, and, but yeah, it's, it, these three guys are all, it's all pending. I could see Jacoby going to, you know, or Jacoby or any of these guys uh, going to fill Lazard's role there in, um, in green Bay as well. Um, especially if Rogers stays, a lot of these guys would like the opportunity to play with an Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but yeah, it just makes, it makes too much sense for them to go into, um, a team that, that that needs a number two wide receiver. So Houston needs a one or a two or Dallas, like you said, or Buffalo. These three guys all make sense to go to one of those three teams. Absolutely. Uh, did you have any other wide receivers you wanted to bring up here? I do not. I do not. Like you said, the class is not very pretty this year. Yeah, it's really not. Um, and so it's so kind of like we had, had alluded to earlier, and I don't want to spend a whole lot more time on it here, but next week we're going to grab a couple divisions and we're going to start going through them team by team on what they kind of need um, and how that the 
fantasy world may be shaped based on those free agency needs. Um, so definitely stay stay looking forward to that, and we'll see you guys with that next week. And, again, if you want to get in on a mock, mock draft with us, uh, you want to d- draft with the Fat Boys, uh, don't hesitate to throw a, throw a message to the uh, Fantasy Holics podcast page or Fantasy Holics Facebook page, sorry, or the Dynasty Fat Boys Dynasty podcast page. Um, those both can be found on Facebook. So um, if that's something you're interested in, uh, don't hesitate to reach out on that. So, Brian, I think that does it for me. You got anything else? Nope, I got nothing else added. So as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.